onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 6 No Time Like the Present Of all the things Echo had been expecting to find that evening, a dead drop had not been among them. For one, none of his people were out gathering intel. For the time being, things were, surprisingly, pretty quiet. Echo had always sort of assumed if Jinx ever decided to come back to Zaun permanent-like, that is to say, actually live there, rather than roosting vaguely nearby between her topside wrecking sprees, that it would be a lot louder. It certainly wouldn't have resulted in an entire community of thousands of Zaunites being saved from total destruction, but that wasn't what the dead drop was about. It wasn't from anyone in Zaun at all, in fact. It was from the one person topside who knew where that drop was and when to put something there so he would see it. It hadn't contained anything specific, just a time and a place, and truthfully, Echo had considered ignoring it. He had extended that dead drop as a peace offering, and as a last remittance to his childhood friend in the hopes that maybe, just maybe, things could be the way they used to be, or perhaps in the hopes of a future where they could be better. Echo didn't really believe in that future anymore. He had once, in a way. When he had begun his one-man war against Silco, he had believed it was possible that belief had strengthened as more flocked to his raggedy little banner until, finally, the firelights were born. Even when he had discovered the complicity of Piltover in Silco's enterprise, he had still believed it. Was it any real surprise, after all, that a Piltoven was corrupt? He'd already known that. So he believed that once Silco was gone and the council was broken, maybe there could be something new built in its place. And then all of that had happened and nothing had changed. Silco was dead. The council was shattered. The fledgling nation of Zaun was born, and for what? The streets were still soaked in blood. The poor still eked out a living, scrabbling for scraps, while the Piltovens lived high and mighty in their towers. The only difference was that now they had to swallow their pride a little and actually deal with the Kembarans. And the Kembarans were just slightly dirtier Pilties. Except for Renata, maybe. Echo hadn't decided one way or the other yet. The other Ken Barons seemed to be interested more in profit margins and bottom lines. Renata did too, on the surface. But Echo had a feeling that there was something else underneath all that veneer. It was just a gut instinct. But those instincts told Echo that Renata wasn't like the Pilties. No, those instincts told him that she was worse. But desperation made odd bedfellows, he supposed. No one exemplified that more than his old friend Violet. Bedfellows, indeed. Echo chuckled as he stepped off of his hoverboard and onto the bridge that led between the Piltover proper and Midtown, which was just the gateway to the old Undercity. It was here that all manner of low deals had been made, money had changed hands, and alliances had been brokered only to be broken the next day over a handful of coin. The night had fallen heavily over Piltover and Zaun. It seemed to weigh down on both cities. There was something in the air. Something that made people close and lock their doors and not look out their windows. 
Echo hooked his board to his back and started walking. The street stretching over the bridge was desolate and cold, but here and there he could pick out the signs of old battles. Burn scars that had never been properly polished away, notches and divots in the metal from rounds that had ricocheted off them, the evidence of a hundred different riots and fights. Hey. A familiar face was waiting for him halfway down the bridge. She was leaning against the rail, and at her feet were a half-dozen brown, dusty-looking bottles. Vi, Echo said by way of greeting. What's the deal? No deal, Vi replied. Snorting, Echo walked up beside her and leaned against the rail. She wasn't armed, and she looked exhausted. Her hair hung lank over her face, and there were shadows under her eyes that hadn't been there a few months ago. Lines, too. She looked older, or maybe just more worn. Reaching down between them, Vi grabbed two bottles by their necks, popped off their caps with her bare hands, and held one out to Echo. This ain't that pilty shit, is it? Echo asked as he took it and gave the liquid a desultory sniff. Nah, Vi knocked back a swallow. And it ain't that bad once you get used to it, but it still tastes, I don't know, too clean, Echo said. It tastes too clean. Yeah, I guess. Vi sighed and turned around to lean back against the rail and stare up into the sky. They drank in silence for several minutes while the gears and city sounds of Piltover and Zong combined washed over them. The smells of the fishers the chemical stink of unprocessed fumes and unwashed skin, rose up from the undercity. And to Echo, it just smelled like home. Gotta say, after what happened, I didn't think you'd want to see me again, Echo admitted. Guess I'm just learning not to take that shit personally, Vi replied as she sipped at her beer. It wasn't, you know, Echo said. Personal, I mean. Things are changing, and Zonites change with them. That's how it's always worked. I know. Echo sighed as he killed his beer and tossed the glass into the chasm, then reached down, picked up another one, cracked it open, and began sipping at it. If he let himself, Echo could almost pretend there weren't years of bad blood between the two of them. Or at least stagnant blood, they had been on opposite sides for so long, and yet a part of Echo still saw the rough-and-tumble girl who had taught him to fight when he was just a spindly little sump-snipe. "'How's the wife?' Echo asked. "'Not great.' "'Yeah?' "'Yeah.' Echo grunted as he took a long pull from his beer and shook his head. "'Still fucking weird.' "'What?' You're married. I've been married for, like, years, dude, Vi said with a small laugh. Why is it still weird? It's because she's pilty. Nah, it ain't that, Echo replied, laughing back as he waved it off. Just like, when I was younger, I always kind of figured you'd never settle down, you know? Just fuck your way through Zon, maybe roll over some pilty girls who wanted to slum it, but uh, marriage? Nah, not Vi. Hey, Vi punched his shoulder. For your information, I always wanted to settle down with a nice girl, just like Mom and Dad did. Okay, but what nice girl would want to settle down with you? Hey, just saying. 
Echo turns to find Vice scowling at him, and he laughed even harder. She turned away from him in a huff and drank down another swallow of her beer before turning on him and saying, And what about you, huh? No one warming your bedsheets at night. Don't really have time, Echo admitted. Things are getting complicated. And just like that, the moment of humor was punctured, and the world came flooding back to them. The weight of it all, the great, pressing flood of violence, seemed to be only barely held back by the flimsiest of walls. Walls that would come down soon. They could all feel it. Everyone in Zong could feel it. Just like the people of Piltover, with their locked doors and shut windows. You can still come home. Echo said. He'll bring the pill to you. I don't even care. Fuck Glask and that shit, she said. You're still a trenchy. He stood up straight and held out a hand. Come home, Vi. Vi stared down at his hand, then killed her beer, turned, cocked back her arm, and sent the bottle flying away from her. Together they watched it sail off into the darkness glinting neon lights off its dusty surface before disappearing into the smog. She won't leave, Vi said, and Echo lowered his hand. They're her people, not the counselors or the enforcers, I mean. Them. She gestured towards the houses on the border of the bridge. The normal folks. The people who don't want any part of this. That's who she's protecting, who she's trying to protect. They're just people. Yeah, I guess so, Echo said as he turns to lean back over the bridge, sipped down the last of his beer, then hung the empty bottle out over the bridge. He let it dangle from his fingers for a moment, swinging in the rising heat and breeze coming up from Zahn, the air that was poison to Pilties was just normal to him. Zonites were built different. Generations born in the low, heavy air of the chasms made the air of the upper city taste strange and thin. A part of him wondered how far that might go. If maybe in another two hundred years they wouldn't even be able to breathe up in Piltover. Maybe by that point, the atmosphere in Zaun would be so bad that Piltovans wouldn't be able to breathe down there either. Hell, most of them already couldn't. Or maybe the toxins would just kill them all. Echo let the bottle drop, and he watched it fall straight down for the brief time he could before it was swallowed. All of that pollution and smog, and the noxious, acidic gray beneath it. And the Zahn would adapt or it would die. Same as always. Piltovans didn't adapt. They didn't change, and instead, they just forced everything else to change. The problem was that sometimes when you tried to force it, the thing you tried to change fights back. The council voted for an army today, Vi said suddenly. Echo frowned and looked up at her. An army? He said quietly. You mean like more forces? No. Vi shook her head. I mean like an army. Ice sluiced down Echo's spine as he turns to stare down into the gray. An army. A real army. 
Piltover had done a lot of bad things, but they had always been adamant about never militarizing the way other nations did. No one wanted to see Piltover bend its industry to war and become another Noxus. Then again, all those high-minded morals hadn't stopped them from brutally exploiting the fisherfolk for two hundred years, so it shouldn't have surprised him that they would abandon even the core tenets of their vaunted ethos, if it came down to that or their pocketbooks. They're really going to do it, little man, Vi said hollowly. Not right away. They'll rattle some sabers first, but... You don't raise an army and then not use it. They're already siphoning away the current enforcer graduates. What's Kate got to say about it? Echo asked. Not much she can say, Vi admitted. They're folding the enforcers into the military as a branch, and not a high one. Despite himself, Echo couldn't help but start laughing. He threw his head back and all but howled, while Vi looked sullenly on. He held up a hand apologetically as he tried to get himself under control, shaking his head as he forced himself to slow down and breathe. You think that's funny? Vi asked grimly. Nah, Echo said as he finally got his laughter under control and wiped at his eyes. Just fuck. You know, I guess maybe it is a little funny. We got all that trouble to stop Silco from starting a war. Then a few years later, Piltover goes and starts one anyway. Shit, maybe that old bastard was right. Vi moved like a flash of light, and before Echo could so much as register her movement, she had him. One hand on his collar, lifted into the air. Fury was contorting her otherwise sanguine features and her other hand was cocked back. Go ahead, Echo spat. Take a swing. For a moment, he really thought she might do it, but in the end, she let go. And the wind went out of her as she sagged against the rail of the bridge. Echo massaged his neck, rolled his shoulders, and sighed. I don't like it either, you know, he said quietly. Silco destroyed my whole... Family. He destroyed everything good I ever had as a kid, Vi snarled without looking up. Me too, Echo said quietly. He killed Benzo, Vi. His people killed my firelights, my friends. And yeah, he was a fucking monster. He was a sociopath gang lord with delusions of grandeur, and he poisoned everything he touched. And you know what else? What? He was probably still right. Vi slammed a fist into the metal rail. Admitting that stole something from Echo. It put an ugly burn in his gut. The worst part was that even if Silco was right, even if he had been right the whole God's damned time, Echo knew that he still would have fought against him. Silco was a monster, and he had been responsible for too much grief and pain and horror for Echo to let him claw his way to the top of the heap. Better Piltover kept the heel of its boot on Zahn's neck than to let a monster like that rise up to rule anything. Except he's dead, Echo continued. He's gone, but Jinx... Jinx isn't. And she's gonna fight back. She's gonna die. 
I looked up at him with a tragic ache on her face. I can't watch my baby sister go like that, E. I just can't. A year ago I'd agreed with you, Eka replied. But now... Now I'm not so sure. You say they're... He gestured out towards the bright spires of Topside. Gonna wage war on us? You say Piltover's got an army. Why well, say we got Jinx? And I don't think Piltover ought to take that bet. Why? Fly said. What's going on with her, E? Talk to me. Something is fucking wrong with her. She's changed. She changed the day you got locked up, Fi. Echo said pointedly. Powder's gone. She's been gone, but Jinx. Jinx isn't all bad. And believe me, she killed enough of my people in our war with Silco that I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't mean it. How did you forgive her? Vi asked. That was a fair question. It was a grim question, but a fair one. How do you forgive someone who's killed that many people? It was something he wrestled with at night. It wasn't so bad when he was in Billowa, surrounded by people who saw her as something between a hero and a patron fucking saint. Actually, it was probably Lux who fit that second bill, or when they were working together. But afterward, he wouldn't be able to shake that niggling feeling in the back of his mind. All the memories of all the friends who had died. That mural that had only grown larger after Silco's demise. Jinx was personally responsible for some of them. And yeah, maybe it hadn't been personal, but it didn't really matter. She still pulled the trigger. Most days I still haven't, Echo admitted. But all that black and white shit, that's top-sided thinking, Vi. At the end of the day, I ain't gotta forgive her to trust her. And as crazy as it sounds, I trust Jinx. How? She's different, Echo said. She's like her dad. I, I know, I know, but Silco, he was her dad, even if he was a bastard. Except she's not like him in the important ways. Vi frowned. How do you mean? Silco wanted to rule the city, Echo said, but Jinx... I'm pretty sure Jinx just wants to build bombs and fuck her wife. Vi snorted. Then laughed weakly as she buried her face in her hands and Echo shrugged. Then leaned down to scoop the last two bottles, popped the caps from them, and held one out to his oldest friend. Vi looked at it longingly for a moment. Although Echo suspected that she wasn't really looking at the bottle, she was looking at the past. At a time when things weren't so bad. They had always been kind of bad, obviously. Now, though, now things were set to get all kinds of worse. A war was brewing, and there would be a lot more blood before things finally settled. Who knew if they would ever have this chance again? She took the bottle and held it up. I don't know what I'm doing, little man. All I know is that I love my cupcake more than life itself. And wherever she stands, that's where you'll find me, Vi said. So I'm sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah, me too, Echo said quietly, clacking his bottle against hers. Here's to us. To us.
I said softly. They both sipped from their beers at the same time while staring out over the neon-lit gray of Zaun, while the drums of war quietly beat in the background. Piltover was stirring, and its greedy, angry hands were reaching for the Undercity like it always did. He didn't tell Vi the whole truth. He told her that Jinx didn't want to rule anything, and that was true, she didn't. The problem was that, even if she didn't want to, she was still going to. Jinx was already the de facto ruler of Billowa. No one even questioned it. They were happy with it, actually. Everyone just accepted that Jinx was going to run the place the moment she moved in. The funny thing was that Jinx hadn't even noticed that she'd basically been elected mayor. People came to her with problems. She fixed the problems, or she pointed Lux at the problem, and then it got fixed anyway. She was already tearing apart the redundant manifolds and rebuilding them so they had control over when the sluices opened, so that a sumpfall would never threaten Billowa again. She didn't question why her pile of scrap for repairs never depleted. The people kept scavenging for her because they just assumed that whatever she was doing, it was for them. And in a backward way, it was. Jinx didn't want Billowa to wash away. Not because it would kill a ton of people, although Echo was sure some part of her was aware of that. But because it was where she lived with Lux, it was her home. Silco destroyed lives to gain control. Jinx, though, that was how Echo knew that some essential part of Powder had survived the transition to Jinx. Because Jinx still only knew how to build. Echo dropped his empty bottle into the gray and turned to Vi as she was killing off the last of her own drink. She pitched the bottle away, turned, and swept Echo up into a two-armed hug, and Echo let her. He even returned it. It was the least he could do. Take care of yourself, little man, Vi rasped. You too. Echo said. See you on the other side. Echo raised a silent prayer to Janna that the winds of war didn't carry the two of them away as they parted ways. Maybe things had been easier in the past, but the past wasn't where they were, and the future wasn't a guarantee. All they had was the present. That was the only time that anyone ever had. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>